When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all hard rock, heavy metal bands needing worldwide exposure at affordable prices, online metal promo PR is taking bands from the underground to above ground. Visit their official website at onlinemetalpromo.net. Onlinemetalpromo.net. You're recording, Wayne? Yes. Let me stop this. All right. We're not live, so that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, it's still. I don't we don't need any monetary bullshit. Uh anyway, how you doing, man? Not too bad. Are you into the Black Crows or no? Yeah, actually I have uh, all their albums. Yeah, well this is a live one. I just got this not that long I can't ago. See. Hold on a second. It. I have the screen on. All right. Oh yeah, it's yep. Yeah, I remember that one. It's way better than the studio album of this version of it. Yeah, but I love live albums, so that's me. So very cool. Oh, well, okay. must have been bit by something. But yeah, I remember. Uh, remember that album? It wasn't too much on there. I don't remember liking really. I, I I like it live, but the studio version passed by me. I don't remember anything off at the studio, yeah. other than goodbye. Daughters of the Revolution, which I guess is a standout track on here. Oh. Anyway, I don't think it's one I'll listen to very often, but um, probably not. Yeah. And I, mean, I refinished that Bon Scott book, so we'll be ready for him, whatever century he comes on. <laughs> I actually uh, wrote his publicist the other day, and uh, apparently he's a, he's away again. So, well, I didn't realize I had read another one of his books. He wrote a book on the Youngs, Angus, the Young family. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize he wrote that. Then he wrote this book on Bond. I don't know why he only focused in the last three years of his life, but 
Um, yeah, I, I didn't was, really get to read too much of it. Yeah, I, I got I started reading the book, and um, I showed you a picture because I was reading it while I was away. Yeah, and, uh, I got all through all the new stuff that he added in there, but I just started getting to where the you know the old book started. Yeah, and uh, I just didn't have time to go back to it. I don't totally buy his assertion that Vaughn wrote the lyrics to uh, to the the album. I mean, yeah, you shook me all night long. That one, yes, yeah, especially the melody. Yeah. Back in Black maybe the song, but I don't think so because it kind of mentions Bond and death, you know. Right. I got right. nine lives. Plus, Bond was a clever writer. Given the dog a bone, he would have never written that. Right. What do you do for money, honey? No. Right. Let me put my love into you. That's not even subtle. No, he would have never written that. <laughs> right. I love those songs, but that's not, you know. Yeah, it's not his style. So. Yeah, I think you I think he wrote the melody of rock and roll and noise pollution, but I'm pretty sure he didn't write the lyrics of that either, just because of the you know lyrics right right you know, right rock and roll ain't no riddle man it makes good good sense years ago no that's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably not but i i really gotta get through that book because it was pretty interesting when i first started reading it so it, it is interesting and if he lived that way the last three years of his life my god his whole life was just you know right it's yeah. kind of sad because he was um you could tell he was kind of uh I don't think he was going to quit ACDC. That's a bunch of crap. I don't believe Angus and Malcolm were ever going to fire him. They loved him too much. Right, of right. But I do think that his alcoholism definitely probably pissed him off as it would anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah especially like if, he was, if he was yeah. doing it as bad as, you know, everybody says he was. Yeah. I could well, see. he had to be because he's gone, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, it's probably the same thing with the doors. Those three guys love Jim, but I can't imagine dealing with somebody like that, drinking like that. That's oh, just, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. I don't yeah, I don't I don't how do those guys even write songs? I mean <laughs> I, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I I don't drink and you know the very few times I did, you know, I really don't care for it too much. Then um uh, we went away with some friends one time and, and the uh our friend's wife made me a drink and she just yeah. mixed every single thing in there. <laughs> I drank it and you know, when you're not used to alcohol, you get you, you just feel like you're hot and you just you know you just oh, yeah, want to be yeah. left alone, you get so annoyed. I couldn't imagine functioning. <laughs> like I used that, you know? to drink heavily, but I didn't function yeah. at all. You know, yeah. I guess alcohol and drugs that they were taken to, I guess that helps. I, I don't know. I'm not into that stuff. So I guess these men just lived that way since they were kids. And, you know, the difference is Bond wasn't a troubled man like Jim or these other guys you read about. Right. He just was an alcoholic, and that made him trouble. Right. Boy, did he love women, though. <laughs> <laughs> and for yeah, a little guy, he had a lot of good-looking women. Right, yeah. yeah. Hey, you got something in common. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Vaughn? Yeah. Uh, I do okay. I do okay. Uh, I don't like these headphones. I, I can barely hear you. You want to switch them out? It might be my... Yeah, no, it's, it's these. I, I, you know what it is. I wanted. I, I have these headphones to record with. Yeah, and they keep all the sound out. So like, they he can't hear like the clicking and the music that I play to. Oh, okay. With those, but now those headphones are kind of breaking. I was at a yard sale this weekend. Found these. The woman wanted five bucks. I figured they're Audio Technica, so they got to be somewhat good. They kind of work, but then I I heard back on the recording, I can hear the click track through the headphones. So oh, know. that's a little too good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's not good at all because I could hear it outside of the headphones so that's not oh you can hear it outside of the headphones yeah, yeah. and it's supposed to be noise canceling and, and that's not noise canceling 
Oh, you play with the click track? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I, I hold Is on. Is that for recording? Oh, I'll wait. I don't like to play with the click track, but now that um, we've been doing this new band, uh, and Alex has been um, because he mixes uh, and edits all the songs out, he he yeah. does everything with the click track. So it's easier for him to do the click track and it puts everything on a grid. So if something needs to be moved, it's easier for him to uh, deal with it. So it's amazing. I said, I guess uh, recording studio is magnetic tape. So can can you imagine? Oh God. It's yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So when they got, you you are kind of low. It's not me. Yeah. I thought it was me. Yeah. Uh, Hey guys. You're low too. Why are you low? No, he's low too. I'm low. No, you're low, not low. Oh, yes. If I was low, I'd be like this. Oh, hello. Maybe maybe it's me. Hold on. Oh, what is this? Well, I mean, I'm low because Anna's got to go to bed in a it little bit. It is you. It is. It is right. I turned the computer down. All right. Let me try the headphones back again. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Lou, everything good? Yeah, man. Just been... So I was supposed to have today off to uh, plan vacation tomorrow with the family. And, and uh, my job, there was a, a deadline today for something. And like part of my job involves um, doing closed captioning. Oh, okay. So now something new that they added onto that was segmenting um, content in Adobe Premiere Pro. So my partner mistakenly did the closed captioning um before she was supposed to segmentize it so when she gave it to me it was all like like it it, it was it was just shit so i basically not only had to do my work but redo everything she did so i took a four-hour video condensed it to an hour 30 and i'm still i'm at the last 13 minute stretch of closed captioning so I didn't get to do anything for vacation today. So I think when you're off this uh, thing, you're going to back to work. Back to work. And I also got new uh, riffs that I got to send to uh, Alex tonight to, uh, you know, put in sequence. So, you know, that's okay. I mean, you know, thankfully the supermarket opens at 6 a.m. here. So if I need to get anything for the trip, I could just go there. So, you know, packing my luggage. stuff isn't that important. I would just... Go do what you got. No, do. but yeah, but like, dude, I mean, come on. We got thought. No, but you're only gone for three days, right? Yeah, I know. But I mean, Mark and, and, and Alex and George are really excited because we're on a roll now with really good stuff. So it is what it is. You know, I mean, I don't want to let the band down. So don't I sacrifice don't. Your, your life. Yeah. Forward. But Manny, yeah. don't get don't get the wrong idea. I absolutely mm-hmm. love what I do. But the problem is, like with any business, the clients are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I don't love what I do. I just do what I do because I have to do it. I've been in, I don't know, you, since we're not on the air yet, um, I'm in banking. So, right. you know, yeah. So, which surprises people when they learn that about me, probably because I look like this, but whatever, you know. Well, I mean, do you, do you work remote or do you go into the office? No, I work from home. I work from home. All so, right. Yeah. No, I don't do client interfacing. I have a few times and I just get client. Oh, like, cool, your hair, like, you know, corporate America. Like, yeah, the people still have longish hair. Starting to look like you guys, but whatever. 
you know. <laughs> they look like more like Wayne, you know. I just cool. didn't have time to do my hair today, cool. so that's why I'm wearing the clutch hat. No, no, that I like that hair like that all standing up. See, that's cool, man. Like Ed Grimley. I must yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> you look like uh, Lyle Lovett. Oh, like the, ugliest, <laughs> the ugliest man ever. Wait a minute, that ugly man married Julia Roberts. So. Yeah, for like all of like five minutes. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I wasn't married to Julia Roberts for five minutes. Yeah, well, Dennis Rodman was married to Carmen Electra for all of two minutes. Does that count? Yes. <laughs> Boy, his lights are shining off my head like crazy. Huh? He was hot head. at one point. Yeah, it's probably because good. you polished your head before you came better. on the air, which you Anyways, know. So I got uh, new CDs today, gentlemen. All new right, let's CDs. do it. Let's do that. Right, let's do it. Let's do it live. Uh, All right. So uh, wait a minute. Manic- I'm not live wait. yet. Wait, wait. I'm not live. Let's do it live. All right, we'll do it live. Fuck we'll it. Do it live. Just a little, you know, intro to the show. All right, new CD time first. It's not on yet. <laughs> Done. Redirecting to YouTube. And I think process. we're on. We are on. Cool. Are we on? Go ahead. So new material today. Manny, I think you'll appreciate this, but I had this CD in my younger days and I really enjoyed the, um, well, here's the CD. It's uh, Stone Free. Stone the, Free, I've got that. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's pretty good. I heard the uh, the the cover that um, Chris Cornell did of Hey Baby and I was like, ah, oh, man, I love that track and couldn't find it on iTunes, so I got it. Five bucks. Seal and uh, Jeff Beck do a great That's job. That's a great one, too. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I did. <laughs> I not only got the single CD of this, Best of the Beast, but I ended up getting the double CD, too. Okay, I do stuff like that, so I can't criticize. All right. So. I didn't know they I released just, that in a jukebase. I do like double. stuff like that all the time. They did after that... Uh, I guess they sold out of uh, they they went out of print on that boxed uh, uh, copy, but uh, yeah. So you know, plus it takes up less space in the CD case. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) oddly enough, the album we're talking about today. Oh wow! Because this is the only version of the album that's got all fired up, which was Mm -hmm. supposed to be on twin turbos, but never released. So the 30th anniversary of Turbo, not on it. That song, so. Hmm. Oh well, I don't think you're missing much. What's that? I don't think you're missing much. Well, I it's five bucks on Amazon. Finally, Amazon oh, has something bad. affordable. <laughs> Although people do not like these versions with the uh silver thing around them. Why is that? Yeah, why is that? Uh, because I don't I like them. They're okay, but the, the remaster is a little um tinny. Why is that tinny sounding, yes. Uh and there's yeah, but, new there's new ones now then they apparently they sound better well actually yeah all those remasters that they did yeah which i stream all of them but like you know i mean th- there are certain reasons why i purchase out of print stuff only yeah it's because Most of the time it's cheaper well, well not only that print, no not really those are more expensive yeah i'm, I'm sorry I'm, yeah. yeah but yeah. i mean like this one had like the one truck that's not available anymore so to me it's like okay that's valuable right there i mean to me at least yeah. um but I ended up finding a copy of um, Seventh Son, the castle version, oh, which uh, is oh, currently wow. en route from France. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, I was able to get all those at, at some point. When it just came out, I, I, I had like maybe four of them. I could and see then... them all right behind you. It's You're wrong because they're over there. No, it's right behind you. 
No, 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 Judas Priest. The Judas Priest ones are right there. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. What are you Iron referring Maiden. to? Iron Maiden. Oh, the Castle, the Castle reissues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you have them all. I have all of them. Yeah. I oh, cool. Never bought that. I didn't. I did. By the time I started getting their CDs, they're already gone. You know, they were already on whatever right. label. Yeah. I mean, there's only the one reason. There's only. But one I do have the I, best oh, of the beast, but sorry. mine is in a clamshell when it first came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I got that one too. But um, it, there's only one reason why I bought Killers. Why I bought the the Killers uh, Castle reissue because it had the most songs on right. both discs. I'm gonna go on. Yeah. I mean, oh, disc yeah. disc one only had three songs Which on CD two. Number of the Beast only had four songs no three songs on cd2 peace of mind had four yeah uh power slave f- three or four um somewhere in time actually had four but i when we'll talk about somewhere in time I'll, I'll discuss those and um yeah and and the only other two discs that had them the, the uh the most in terms of quantity were um seventh sun and fear of the dark Mm. so but yeah. i like i like uh seven sons so i'm willing to get that <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that's cool shit I, I love those uh reissues it just sucked when they started be getting hard to uh to find there yeah uh, I, get, I remember they had um iron maiden if you bought those castle you could get the limited edition soundhouse tapes on cd and uh yeah that would have been cool to get that oh i don't I know remember that i, I actually like got three thousand times I got it. Yeah, you, uh, I, do have it. I do have it, but it wasn't because of that. Lou, when you, um, when you get your CD, see if they still have the order form in there. You won't be able to buy it, but it'd be cool just to you know, see it. Actually, you know what? Like you just the... did with the uh, Screaming for Vengeance, right? Yeah, yeah. I That's pretty cool. It wasn't for the Castle reissues. It was for the other reissues, the ones that had the slipcase on the CDs. Oh, see, I didn't get those yeah. either. I, yeah. I got one of those, but that was it. Um, is that the one that came with Statues of Eddie? No, that's the ones no, where no, they that came was with, Walmart. Uh, yeah, uh, that was the ones oh. where they came with like uh, extra videos on the CDs. Oh, that's right. CD-ROMs. That was yeah. a big thing for like three minutes back then. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, didn't, yeah, it didn't last. Uh, no. to, to me, the songs are of the highest quality. So it's right. like, you know, give me more in terms of quantity of musical outputs. I don't need all that extra stuff. Right, you know. Yeah. Besides, I, I have my Eddie. You do. Oh, I bought one of those this week. It's up there somewhere. But... Oh, very cool. Yeah, I think uh, Wayne's got them all. Of course, uh, yes, of course I do. Come on. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got some. CDs See, he's got too. a room for that. I, I don't have. Not really. I am running out. All right, of what you got? Really bad here. Um, this is actually. Uh, I wish Greg was here to see this because uh, he knows Tom Croxton. Uh, you know Tom Croxton? He was in the band. Um, actually, he was in Impaler, and he was with uh, Thor for a while, the drummer. But this is his old band from like way back in the day, and they just re-released no, no this, this album. It's called this. Acheron. I never heard of him either. And then he posted about it, and I checked it out on on YouTube. Never heard of him. And uh, it's a re-release, so I grabbed that from him. Tom Croxton, go uh, friend him on Facebook. And get a I'm gonna try going on my phone. I'm having an unstable uh, internet connection here. Oh yeah, we so know I'm how well your phone, phone went last week. I see. Uh, I, I I think he's coming <laughs> off fine. Yeah, it's not bad here. Manny, it's coming good on our end. Okay, then I'm not gonna fuck with it. Yeah, you're not. You're fine here. 
Um, there goes our monetary. I got to stop cursing. Go ahead. <laughs> we're not monetized yet. We're not like yet. Uh, we're we're on 180 subs away from it. Right. We need to be because we're fucking cool. Anyway, go ahead. And we're cool than a lot of people. Hey, on YouTube. other vidcasters. Many don't like you, and you know what? We side with them. Ah. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I got to hang out with uh, our singer Alex Rapetti. Alex Rapetti of the Mighty Tension Rising. Yep, and uh, our friend Stan. We went out, and uh, Stan wanted to go to Looney Tunes over in Babylon. And uh, usually, I don't really buy much because uh, they're just I don't really need too much stuff. But I knew there was a couple new albums out that I haven't bought yet. The new Creator. Oh, I wanted to get that one. Uh, the new Your Land. That? I thought they just put one out last because I bought it. Creator. That, this one just came out like a few weeks, months ago. Not that Creator seems to put out a Called, lot uh, more hate stuff Uber than they have. So, yeah, yeah, because oh no, I've got yeah, it was live. It, it oh, was yes, destruction yeah. that I got a new one. It was Digipack, which I yeah. hate Digipacks. Yeah, I don't mind those. Uh, the new Yorn Landy, uh, over the horizon radar. Got that. I'm a big Yorn fan. That title makes no sense. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I don't know what that even. By means. the way, I bought a Yorn or whatever the hell his name is because yeah. of you guys. Yeah. Um, I saw it used like it's all these cover tunes. Yeah, it was oh, okay. Yeah, metal radio or something stupid right, right, title right. like that. Yeah. Anyway, it was. Pretty I like good. his. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's okay. I like his original stuff but, better. No more covers albums ever, buddy. Uh, no yeah. more. <laughs> He's got a few of them. He, he does a lot. Uh, and Weezer, Summer. I know I'm gonna get a lot of shit for that, but uh, that's I like a Weezer. Weezer album. I like Weezer, man. I just I got I just it, no, I like Weezer too, but that they're doing something like weird. They're like putting a, a an album out for every season. They did spring. This is summer, and I guess cool. they're gonna do winter and fall. I don't know. So well, I I got cool. a. I've been collecting them slowly. I got the black album or whatever the hell it's called recently. What well, black album? Metallica? That's what it's called. Weezer, the black album. It's just got oh, a black. Weezer. Oh, I didn't know we were still talking yeah. about Weezer. Yeah, that album sucks. Oh, I get on. It's all, dude, it's Weezer. I mean, they all sound kind of similar. I can No, be they, they really went uh, weird on that one. They they started incorporating like some kind of like a hip hop, hip hop type stuff. I, I don't know. I didn't like it. I now you sound that. like an old man, Wayne. Yeah. You sound like get off my lawn, if, Wayne. Listen, if you, you when you hear Weezer, you expect Weezer. You just it just doesn't happen with that album. I and must the band confess, was too. What? the last Weezer album I listened to was the Red One. Well, yeah, I love was, Van Weezer. They they um they incorporated. I mean, the name alone, but you know they would incorporate riffs from well-known songs, you know, on purpose on there. Right. But yeah. uh, we're not talking about Weezer today. Screw Weezer. We're talking about. <laughs> Iron Maiden. We're talking All about right. Judas Priest. Let's start at the intro. Go the We're intro away. Judas We're not talking Priest. about Ram It Down. We're not? Well, I listened to it for no reason. Ram It Down <laughs> next week. <laughs> uh, I thought we listened to two albums today. I guess not. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. No I, I feel so sorry for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. No reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. All right.
hit the stop button by accident too soon. Doesn't matter. Welcome to Rat Sound Review. I'm here with my colleagues, Manny and Lou Mavs. Every time I hear that theme song, I just think of a room full of green cloud smoke. Right. Kind of like my experience yesterday at the Jimmy Buffett concert. Oh, my God. I, I should kick you off the show for that. Those parrot heads know at a party. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, they do. But uh, unfortunately, we're not joined by James or Greg tonight. They're both feeling ill. So we wish them well and get better soon. Yes. Right. I love you guys. I think we do that. Right? Yes, you do. So, yeah, the, the show's not the same without them, but it's better. Uh, so tonight <laughs> we're going to talk about Turbo, right? Yeah. Right. Am I am I doing the right albums this time? Turbo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Turbo, yes. Right. You, you didn't list that one for no reason. So okay. There, well, I kind of did. And uh, Iron Maiden, somewhere in time. Oh my God. Ready? Let's do it. Judas Priest Turbo. Yeah, do it. The tenth studio album released April nineteen eighty six. Uh, it reached number seventeen on the Billboard Top. 200 the band's highest charting album until 2005's retribution which is kind of strange i guess everybody was everybody was excited that rob was back so they went out and bought that album um the original yeah of course i did too we all did i did yeah of course we did but anyway go ahead uh the original idea was to do a double album called twin turbo uh where one half of the album would be more commercial songs and the other half be more aggressive songs that idea was scrapped so what we got instead uh, of priests being the trendsetters, they were now following the trends where synth sounds and drum machines, electronic drums, were becoming popular. They also ditched the leather and went for more colorful clothing. Ugh. Uh, Doug Johnson would again be chosen for the cover art, and the song Reckless would have been chosen to be in the movie Top Gun, but the band declined it, seeing they thought the movie would flop. Good thinking on that one. Womp, 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 womp. Uh, and the album also featured songs played in a lower tune, uh, tuning than E. It's the first time. So This is true. Some cool things with this album, but I don't know about this album. I mean, I, I thought I did like it, but after listening to it this time, I don't know if I like it as much as I thought I did. So uh, for the most part, I do like the album, but uh, this is really where the experimentation began. And if you... If Lou, if you didn't like Dave Holland's drums before, now I would have to agree on this album because every song is mid-tempo and there's no varying speeds. And if you look, I didn't even know Dave Holland drums, played drums on this album. It sounded like a drum machine. Yeah, I thought uh, it was a drum machine. No, he gets credit on it. But he gets yeah. credit. Yeah. So if you're looking for double bass drums and fast songs or or two, uh, this is not the album for that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. He was credited for drums and he probably did. But was, I think on the next one was the one where people say he didn't play on it at all. He definitely didn't. Uh, but he then he swears there's it. like a song or well, two that he did play on. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't, he gets credit on it, but it doesn't sound like him at all. I mean, it sounds like a drum machine. Anyway, exactly. go ahead. Yeah. It sounds like something they would like make a demo to and then they thought it was okay and just left it. So I, it was weird. All right, so uh, with that said, the song Turbo starts the album off, and right when the drums kick in, you wonder, who is this? Because usually Priest starts off with the ripping opening track, and here we get this song that uh, basically keeps the same beat and pace throughout the whole thing. But uh, that doesn't make for a bad song, and it's definitely in my top Priest songs. Uh, I don't mind the synths, and they uh, were used well. Uh, really like the solo, and the chorus is very catchy. Then we get to Locked In, and we see where this album is going. The chorus is cool, but the lyrics in these verses are just really bad and cheesy. 
it's basically no different from what the pop music was writing about at this time and it really doesn't fit with priest yeah. uh private property again there's some catchy parts uh here like in the pre-chorus but uh, it's not that great of a song one thing i thought was funny there was uh, hand claps i remember back like in the 70s songs they would actually do the hand claps and this yeah. song they used like the electric hand clap so they like basically gave up <laughs> just let, let electronic machines take over their sound well maybe they were uh taking a nod to the suite they used to do that all the time with fox on the run and all these songs anyway go ahead Wayne. i don't mind the claps but just use your hands keep the realism in there they're judas priests they don't need to use their stinking hands anyway keep going <laughs> we got machines that writing little willie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh parental guidance i actually like this song it's a very happy poppy rock song sounding and it's uh fairly catchy uh rock you all around the world now they made another anthem yet again but instead of trying to do some chanting type thing like they did in the previous ones that they've done, uh, this one's actually a song. And I think it finally worked. Even though it's really repetitive, I'll take it. It's a fun song. Out in the Cold, I like this song as well. Wild Nights, Hot Crazy Days, this song is okay. Again, I hear a lot of ACDC influence, uh, especially in the verses. Reminds me of something from the Brian Johnson era. Uh, Hot for Love, I can give or take it. Reckless, the best song on this album and another one of my top Priest songs. I love how Rob sings on this where he changes his pitch in the middle of the lyrics also just a catchy song all around sucks it had to be at the end of the album but it's worth to wait for it and uh they ended the album on a high note many okay well when turbo first came out i was 15 or 16 and uh, at first i hated it mm -hmm. what was amazing is the people that liked it like my then girlfriend uh her preppy friends the these guys had no use to Judas Priest till then, and it worked. Right. Um, not just the music, but the look, because they, they were, like you said, they changed their image a little bit. It was still leather, but it was, it was, it was really, it, it was glam metal or pop metal or hair yeah. metal, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I bought it anyway, and um, I go to like the album because I saw the tour, but that being said, I used to, you know, I've had mixed feelings on it, but overall, I like the album. The title track, Turbo, Turbo Lovers, great, still in their set to this day. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I, that song shouldn't work in their current set, but it's good. I like it. Locked In, like you said, it's like, if you're curious to hear what Motley Crue would sound like with Rob Halford fronting it, well, you got your wish. <laughs> Locked In actually is a decent song. Lyrically, um, again, they're really going for the prize. They're really right. going for that radio play. The lyrics are dumbed down. Um, I mean, you got me locked in, locked inside your love, Lord. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, private property. Again, I like the song, but the lyrics, it's it's missing that tongue in cheek. Actually, it is tongue in cheek because. You know, you could tell Rob Halford is just not taking himself seriously. Right. No, no, you know, hands off my private property. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Overall, not a bad song, but you can tell these guys, again, we're going for radio play. Mm. Parental Guidance, 
I kind of like that song, though I shouldn't because it's so stupid. Right. Here they are, 30-year-old men singing, no, no, <laughs> we don't need no, I hope not, Rob. <laughs> you guys are 30-year-old men. But that being said, it was, I think, written in response to the PMRC right. that was still going strong. But yep. again, it was written for the kids, literally, not their older audience. It was written for the kids. Right. At the time it worked, now people forgot it was a single. Yeah. Uh, rocking all around the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's got it's a better anthem song it's you know they finally got something that's kind of singable that's like saying you know she's like the hottest woman in the royal family it doesn't count <laughs> Rock, well, actually they have some hot ones now but not before but it's Rock better than out. that other song from the last album uh, defenders of the faith i mean come on oh yeah okay we don't I'll talk about it. defenders of the faith anymore if, if that song if that's your standard <laughs> then this yes. is stairway to heaven, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but, but rock and all, it's okay. I think it was written by someone else, a Twisted Sister or Motley Crue or any number of those pop metal bands. I probably would have liked it better. Being Judas Priest, it's okay, you know? Right. Out in the Cold, I think is excellent, excellent song. That's right there where they show their songwriting chops. Yeah. Um, and it's got an emotional kind of content to it. Mm -hmm. It's mature. It's well-written. It's definitely Judas Priest. And they make that sound work in there where it's still pop metal-ish, yeah. but it sounds like Judas Priest. And right. I think that's the only time. Hot Nights, Crazy, whatever. Hot Nights, Crazy Days. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of Crazy Nights from Kiss. Just yeah. Nice, nice and, good. And, I prefer yeah. this to Crazy Nights. Really? Oh, I love Crazy yeah, yeah, The it, song, the song. I love crazy night. I, so, I talk I, about repetitive. I, I like it too, but I don't want to hear Judas Priest singing about right. hot nights crazy. Right. But that what were they trying to get a song on Miami Vice? That song sucks. <laughs> hot for love. All right, Rob, we get it. You're a bit horny during this tour. Well, actually, Sucks. before they recorded this album, Rob went through a lot of problems, and all right, especially with his yes. um, his boyfriend yeah, or whatever right. and committed suicide. Went and everything. Suicide. He went to rehab because he was alcoholic and drug addict or whatever. Yeah, so it's like the happiest priest album written around the darkest circumstances. Right? Maybe it was therapeutic for him. Who knows? You know, yeah. I hope so. All I know is I'm glad Rob Halford get on got out of it to the other side. But yeah. hot for love. <laughs> Is it? Oh, it's an okay song, but it's definitely an album track, and I would definitely consider that a filler track. Right. And "Reckless" would be a great song with better production. It, uh, the only thing that really, you know, uh, in my opinion, um, kind of hurts it is the production. I mean, that whole album screams '80s. The whole album is definitely uh, aiming for rock radio, and much of the credit it succeeded. So, mm. overall. Believe it or not, I like the album a lot more than I think I thought I would, especially revisiting it. I do enjoy it. It's not one I'd reach for very often, but for what they're trying to do and for what it is, it's pretty good. I would say it's better than most of the pop metal, hair metal albums that were out there. But being Judas Priest, mm. being good isn't good enough. And maybe yeah. that's the issue. Yeah. Lou. All right. So I remember. Um, long long time ago back in 1986 when both of my brothers owned copies of this on cassette and you know i remember listening to it and you know thinking to my six-year-old self i'm like it's almost like 
Judas Priest made like a kid friendly pop metal album. Made kids pop. And I, well, it was like a cooler kids pop. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, at least it had the Judas Priest name on it. So, right, right. you know, to me, that that made it much cooler than, uh, you know, buying the a cassette of Captain Kangaroo's greatest hits. You know what I mean? I'll take this <laughs> any day. Um, but, you know, Turbo Lover, it's like, to me, that's like their I was made for loving you. It's oh, like okay. I can see how oh, some that's fans. perfect, actually. Yeah, go I, ahead. I can see how some fans may have been turned, like, especially diehard Priest fans, uh, may have been turned off by it when they first heard it. But let me tell you, the last two times I've seen Priest in concert and they played this song, everybody was singing it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you you had, like, the, the, the biggest, like, you know, muscle-gutted, mulleted biker screaming i'm your turbo lover i mean like, come on <laughs> you know like so obviously the song has stood the test of time so you got to give it that credit i enjoy it i love it. um it's a good song it's always on the radio personally i wouldn't i i don't know if i would have chosen this as the opening track maybe the opening track on side two but not on uh side you, one what would you switch it with yeah what would you select it out in the cold oh man ballad. <laughs> yeah but, What's that? It's a ballad, though. It, it's a it's a it's a crushing ballad. Let me tell you, on the Priest Live album when they open with this, oh, it sounded amazing. Yeah, and I'm so sad that the last time Priest were in New York, they did a two night stand at the I think it was a two night stand at the at the Paramount in Huntington. They brought it back, and it's funny because I was like, okay. If I go to see Priest this time, it'll be my third time seeing them on the same tour. Hmm. So, like, I'd already seen the first two legs. I'm like, eh, if I see the third, you know, is it really going to be that big of a difference? Yes, it was because they played on the cold. They played Halls of Valhalla. So I was pissed because I didn't get to see them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Turbo Lover, it's not a song that I could take or leave. I'll definitely take it. Hmm. Is it one of my favorite Priest songs? No, but, you know, uh, definitely, you know, the, Definitely a good priest song. Locked in, cheesy, but you know, everybody likes cheese. Who doesn't like pizza? It's all good. <laughs> Private property, <laughs> pass. Um, so parental guidance. You mentioned the music video, Manny. I remember seeing the video. My cousins taped MTV on the VHS, and this was one of the videos that was on it. And seeing all these people, you know, in the audience. And seeing my first case of cleavage in those videos was uh, a very harrowing experience for me. Thank you, Judas Priest. Thank you very much. You were a Playboy channel for me before I knew about the Playboy channel. <laughs> um, rock you all around the world. I actually like this song. I think it's a better anthem than Take On The World or United or... Mm-hmm whatever they try to pass off on Defenders of the Faith. My favorite priest Wayne's, album, mind you. I think that's Wayne's take on the song too, right, Wayne? It's, yeah, it's yeah. a better anthem than what the ones they tried to make into anthems. Yeah, they finally mm-hmm. made one that makes sense. Out in the out in the cold, my favorite song on the album. I it's just there's it's it's funny because this album came out in 1986 when not when hair metal, I hate using that term. So I'll just I call like it, it pop either. metal. Yeah, you know, stupid. 
it, it was at its it, not it wasn't at its apex but it was definitely like like right between the middle to the top of that uh, um what's the word that trajectory um and if you think about the bands that they you know not that they were touring i think they actually toured with Dokken. funny yeah, enough yeah. wayne yeah um you know but you think about the other bands that had material out of the time you know molly crucial had done girls 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 but poison had just come out with you know look what the cat dragged in kiss was already they're still touring behind asylum and you know you have a one of my favorite movies actually came out from uh in this year a, a movie called the wraith which is the only charlie sheen movie that i could ever really watch from start to finish i don't count ferris bueller's day off because he's only in it for five minutes um the wraith was about like um i guess you could say like a a ghost that came back from from the dead to chase down the people that killed them it was basically the crow with a dodge turbo interceptor is basically what it was <laughs> and, and it was cool because like you know a, a, an album like this would have been a perfect soundtrack for it because it had like that futuristic car look and violence and car crashes and you know like it it, it would have fit and mm-hmm. you know but on the cold i love um one night hot crazy days it's a dumb song, but I like it. I, 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 I exactly. Yeah. Wait, you like it because of the vocal? Because Rob Halford does sing his ass off on that song. Is that well? I, I just, I'm a sucker for melody. Well, that definitely has a melody. Yeah. And, and, and to me, it's like, you know, even if it's really well thought out, or even if it's boneheaded dumb, to me, if the melody speaks to me i i will like it mm. and you know and and it could be you know a harder edge band doing lighter material or a harder edge band doing you know whatever i mean if i find something valid in terms of the melody i will like it and i do like this song offer love and reckless good closer so i love reckless you know, and, and you brought up 1986, so Tesla's first album, David Lee Roth, Eat Em and Smile. Mm-hmm. Did Cinderella's first album too, right? Yeah, Night Songs. Yeah, um, Bon Jovi was, I guess, huge. Well, well, they were on their way to becoming huge because that's when Slippery came out. Yeah, okay. Okay, so, you know, in, in some ways, they were a little ahead because they are using guitar synthesizers, which I never heard of till this album came out. Uh, they definitely aren't like hot nights and crazy. They definitely are not afraid of a hook, a pop hook at that, because that one they went all all out. And the other thing that we forgot is there's no outside songwriters. Like, no. like Kiss at this mm. point started using outside songwriters. Actually, they always have in some capacity since the mid seventies. But, um. You know, Aerosmith, uh, when they made their comeback, would start using that. My point is that these guys could write these types of songs without any help, you know. Do you think the Judas Priest name and the reputation being a, a, at the time, remember, it's 1986, Metallica is still underground or about to burst out. Slayer, you know, just released Rain and Blood. So that type of metal hasn't just hit the mainstream yet, except to fans like me. Do you think the name... And their image hurt the album from being even more successful. You two guys, no, no, no. Would it? 
because uh, they were already arena sellers. They were already headliners and they were, you know, don't forget priest had done the us festival priest right. did live aid priest was on daytime MTV. You know, there, there was no, they were huger than is Yeah. That makes sense. At, at that point. No. I mean, and they had gold and platinum records. Right. So, you know, I mean, at, at the time, you know, it wasn't just how many albums you sold, but it was also how long did you stay on the Billboard Top 200? And they were constantly touring the States. So, you know, I'm not saying that the album is of Dark Side of the Moon type numbers, but, no, you know, no. while they were touring behind those, those records were selling. So, yeah. And, and not only that, that album, but their back catalog. I just wondered if, you know, because, I mean, they were still young men, but they were in their 30s by the time they made this album. Mm-hmm. Lyrically, what I find interesting is these men, especially Rob Halford, who I'm assuming is the lyricist, you know, um, he's such a smart guy. And yet he writes lyrics like private property. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, you know I, I mean, if you see him in interviews or even read his book, he's a very, very forthcoming, bright guy. He's not, you know, he's not Vince Neil. You know, he's, he's a well-read guy, you know. That's a very good comparison. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with like, uh, you know, the record company pushing them to go this direction too, you know. Yeah, they probably were, you know, but they seem they just they did a really good job despite what everyone may think of the album if you look at it from an objective point of view you know forget the songwriting or whatever you want to um they did a really good job and they did it on their own and they use i believe um lou or wayne is it tom allum producing this one too it's tom um, tom allum yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's amazing that the same production team you know they all went this direction anyway it's funny that you brought oh, I'm sorry, Wayne, man. Okay. It's funny that you brought up Molly Crew because you know when I hear um what I'll chalk Turbo down to is this it's the best pop album that a band like Judas Priest could have written that still maintain I think it still maintains their integrity. Oh, I do too. I mean I mean, granted, yeah, they did this to sell records, but who didn't greenbacks were flowing everywhere back then, you know? And it's like, I mean, come on, this is the first time you were seeing Judas Priest in commercials promoting their record, you know, with the stupid credit card thing, you know, like, you know, I never leave without my turbo card. It's like, Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that really um, happened. That really yeah, happened. Yeah. You got to YouTube it. Yeah. Wayne, um, YouTube it. it is on YouTube, but I mean, but that's the one thing that also, you know, you, you could take what Judas Priest does as tongue in cheek because when you listen to Rob Halford speak, like in interviews, I mean, he exudes wisdom, he exudes intelligence, experience. You know, uh, I enjoy watching interviews with him. I love the first Molly, uh, first two Molly Crew records. After that, it's like a couple of songs I like here and there, but for the most part, it's blah to me. Um, whenever I hear someone like Vince Neil talk and all I hear him talk about is drinking girls and driving fast cars. I mean, it, it kind of leaves him as so one dimensional, you know, that it's like, it's kind of hard for me to be able to relate to them on anything. 
Like, I'm sure I could sit and talk, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien with Ron Hofford, and we can have a whole discussion on, you know, Lord of the Rings. You know, I'm pretty sure I'll try to have that conversation with Vince Neil, and he asked me, where's the nearest strip club? You know, it's like, I just, <laughs> I'm at a different point in my life where it's like, you know, I mean, I yeah, just don't and, find that impressive anymore. Yeah, and, and when I was a kid, I do like Motley Crue, like you. And That's I'm not strange. You, you don't like girls and drinking but you like el- um like hobbits and elves yeah well this. that's a little weird <laughs> talking about me or rob halford you 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 you'd rather talk about hobbits and elves than girls well and- i i'm married i'm dead to the world i don't need to talk about girls I'm, I, and, and i'm raising a daughter so it's like you know i'm uh, i'm done i'm done well, I'm, I'll tell I'm you what motley crew and all those bands sold to me was a fantasy of that life you know to me and i bought into it um and i think i mean this we've talked about this another episode but when you talked about grunge and did it kill hair metal no me getting older killed it because i wanted to listen to music i can relate to and i can relate to Soundgarden or even nirvana lyrically mm. or even alice in chains even though my life was never that dark thank god but you know <laughs> uh, you know but uh, we all feel that way <laughs> yeah but as much as I like Motley Crue, and I'm not selling Motley Crue or Rat or any of that stuff down the river. I like it. I still like it. You know, it's just my taste broad. Anyway, my point is that, you know, they sold me a fantasy, which I bought into as a kid. But I got older. I wanted a bit more realism. And maybe that's the with this album with Judas Priest. I mean, Judas Priest would delve into the occasional fantasy lyric. I mean, Sentinel is a perfect example of that. Uh, but there's a realness to their a lot of their lyrics. You could tell there's some life experience in some of their lyrics, you know. Also, they have a sense of humor. Right. And a lot of these bands, I felt, did not. And uh, Judas Priest definitely have a sense of humor. Even on this album, like it's a private property. Yeah, anyway, this album right. is full of sense of humor. You have to have oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, Yeah, but then, like, you know, you take a song like... Um like The Sentinel or like The Painkiller, where right. it kind of tells a story about a central character in dark times where it's like it's a matter of life or death and like how they choose their path so to to me it's like you could kind of relate that to real life situations on a daily basis whether it's like someone who's in recovery and you know like they're taking their steps one day at a time to make sure they never touch that drink or that drug again or someone who's overcome tragedy and it's like you know staying focused on positive things to like you know, not go down a dark path, you know, I mean, you could take like the more fantasy elements of Judas Priest and kind of relate them to yourself, which is what I've always loved about them. Like I get empowerment from Priest lyrics, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons they were one of the few bands, ironically, along with Iron Maiden, that were respected by, you know, these, the, the, the so-called grunge guys who supposedly hated everything it turns out they liked a lot of the same music we did they just didn't admit it right. but you know them and black cyber were definitely held in high esteem by a lot of the seattle guys and kiss ironically which you know was funny and I, I just found about out about this mm-hmm. on the first nirvana album bleach yeah you now it's in black and white right right mm-hmm. well if you invert the colors you can kind of see what's um on the amplifiers because somebody has like a sticker on the amplifier and you can't really tell what it is on the original cover yeah what is it invert it and it's a picture of king diamond well that makes really fans they were fans um would have never thought well anybody from nirvana would be well kurt cobain himself was a huge fan of celtic thrust uh, celtic frost 
So, you know, I think that should tell you something. You know, I mean, one of the things that I appreciated about Kurt as a person, even though I'm not really a Nirvana fan, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to deny his contributions to, you know, having kids pick up a guitar just to like strike a, you know, a three chord song that, you know, that may maybe push them to want to, you know, practice more and get better, you know, but um, back in 93, when he found out that, madonna was charging 50 dollars for concert tickets he was flabbergasted he was like he can never think of charging that much uh to perform you know kill himself today if he saw the prices oh yeah thankfully for my ghost tickets i only paid for 35 dollars each so that's yeah but nosebleeds but you know i mean still still oh if kurt cobain had lived who knows maybe he would have done that grunge of love or something (laughs) (laughs) who knows we just don't know but hi my name is mary Lou. i love kurt no yeah but it's yeah the concert tickets have just gotten way way i mean eagle tickets what people are paying for that or which is amazing to me. It's not like the Eagles need any money. I'm not just picking on them. We can go down the line on any band. But, it's know. not just them. I mean, you know what it is? It's, yeah, it's exactly. Concert tickets, it's like, you know, you got to pay the crew. You got to pay, you know, the roadies. You got to pay the merch people. You know, you, you're you renting, <clears throat> excuse me, the arena for the night. So there's all these costs and whatever. It's it's. I, I don't think most of the times it's the bands bringing up the price. I just think it's like, you know the fact that inflation which has been predominant in the music industry for so long it just everything just costs more so they have to find ways to make up for the losses so the loss of royalties since that's not what it used to be so well not only that i mean everybody else around them is raising their rates you know i don't think the the rate of what it costs to rent an arena out like the ubs arena uh it's probably it's probably more now than it would have been 20 years ago so oh, i'm sure that's true you know i mean uh, uh, ticket all master, these costs ticket master just added another fee for what uh, talking about Ticketmaster. yeah what did they add a fee for for what no, no, no. Oh, let me get my wallet oh, just talking about ticket <laughs> oh let me get my wallet i got hey, listen i i have one two three more pitch boxes altogether it's worth about 150 bucks is this good enough for you Ticketmaster? right here <laughs> uh devil dozer he loves turbo lover and he loves the video too uh turbo was say his, i love the video <laughs> turbo was his uh, first judas priest album and his older cousin gave it to him and it was on tape as well devil oh, dozer wow. you have a good older cousin man that's interesting that was his first judas priest album wow my first one was jugulator well you're a weirdo but anyway yeah, weirdo. <laughs> you that's... really discovered I, know, I discovered them in, you know, with the uh, rip, rip, uh, rip uh, ugh, with Ripper Owens, but I just never really bought one until then. I was intrigued by like Rob Halford's gone. What the hell do they sound like now? So I just bought it. I, I bought it for the same reason. I was a fan, but I, I, I actually liked the album now, but when I first heard it, when we get to that album, talk about dumbed down lyrics. But anyway, we'll we'll get to that eventually. Uh, Murphy says, uh, Ozzy tickets 1986 was $12.50. Oz tickets uh, 2004, $125. So that's almost 20 years. That's 10 times the... Jesus Christmas. That's crazy. It's insane. <sighs> we're not talking about Ticketmaster. We're talking about Iron Maiden somewhere in time. All right, go. 
I think this is my favorite Iron Man. Up the Irons. I really think it's my favorite one. I actually you think, think it's your favorite ones. Maiden album? I think so. Wow. Uh, Iron Man Somewhere Time, the eighth studio album released September 1986, was the first album to feature guitar synthesizers. Ooh. The cover of Somewhere in Time created by the band's then regular uh, artist Derek Riggs displays a muscular cyborg enhanced Eddie in a futuristic Blade Runner inspired environment, much like the cover of Power Slave. The wraparound album cover holds a plethora of references to early Iron Maiden albums, such as the street sign on the corner where Eddie is standing reads Acacia, Acacia uh, a reference to the song 22 Acacia Avenue from the Number of the Beast album. And then below Acacia is a poster of Eddie from the first album with graffiti reading Eddie Lives written on it. Uh, and a torn poster also features on the Sanctuary and a Woman in Uniform singles. Just to name a few. I'm not going to read them all because this album cover is insane. This is the, the best Iron Maiden album cover ever. Because just everything yeah, is the most it. detailed. Most yeah. detailed. You can just sit there and just look at it. Uh, caught somewhere in time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what a great opening song. You also hear Maiden going into a more progressive type music uh, with a lot of changes. Uh, we also hear Maiden now using the synths for the first time after swearing they wouldn't, but I guess the joke was on us. Uh, but they would, wouldn't go as crazy with them as Priest did uh, and kind of use them almost as a third guitar and added some more depth to the music. Definitely one of my top Maiden album openers. Wasted Years. The opening guitars make the hand, hair on my arms stand up. Because uh, I still remember hearing this song played live for the first time. And uh, I was just, you know, just excited to hear that song. But uh, another great song and a staple Maiden song that they still play every once in a while. I think they it's kind of like rotated in the set, right? They don't play it all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Uh, sea of Madness, another song I really like. Uh, some of the off-pitch things uh, Bruce does. I could hear James right now complaining about how they really don't work here. But they do. I love how Bruce goes off a little bit. And uh, I really like the chorus and how Bruce sings the, uh, how Bruce's vocals flow in that chorus. Heaven Can Wait, another song I can hear James bitching about because of the chorus being repetitive. But besides that, it's a great song. I like how Bruce sounds like he's trying to keep up with singing the song along with the guitars. Uh, The Loneliness of a Long Distance Runner, one of my favorite songs on the album. It's one that doesn't get mentioned much, but uh, there's so many great parts to the song. The intro the chorus where the music speeds up and the guitars have that melody thing going on. Then the song goes on this long journey of guitar solos in the middle. And at the end the song speeds up just a really cool song with a lot of stuff going on. Stranger in a strange land. I'm realizing while listening to this, that this must be my favorite maiden album because this is another song that I like. My favorite part is the build up in the middle of the song before the chorus deja vu. Guess what? I love this song too. Yeah. James, the chorus repeats, but you know what? Who cares? And this one actually kind of works with the title uh alexander the great what a great ending to the album as if rhyme of the ancient mariner wasn't enough for being a great epic track they upped the ante with alexander the great the song is shorter but there's so much going on here and the storytelling uh just works so well with the music uh there are some lyrics where they felt like uh they were forced but uh they got it to work but I, we listened to this at work today and uh it just just reminded me how great of an album this whole thing is and how much i love this album i just love the sound of it and like I mentioned, every song is just really cool. And it's actually my first Iron Maiden album ever that I ever got. Better than Jugulator, thank God. Well, way better than Jugulator, yeah. Oh, by far. Yeah. By far. Well, maybe. No, no, it, oh, I okay. You want anticipation. All right. <laughs> later. <laughs> later. later. Oh. 
All right. So I, it is definitely one of my favorite albums by Iron Maiden and probably one of my favorite albums that came out of the eighties, whether it's heavy metal alternative. So you guys are on my Facebook, you know, I like everything practically, but this is really a great album. Um, like Judas Priest, they experimented with the uh, guitar synths, but they didn't go overboard, thank God. Um, it still sounds like Iron Maiden. It, it's definitely a progression from the previous album. Um, just great songwriting. Wasted years. Lyrically, um, even as a young kid, you know, don't waste your time searching for those wasted years. Realize you're living in your golden years. I mean, anyone who says that heavy metal or hard rock is a negative influence on his listeners have never bothered listening to it you know period um great riff from adrian smith who i believe wrote it one of you correct me if i'm wrong no, you're yeah. Right, you did. yeah sea of madness a great song and i actually like um uh, bruce dickinson's vocals on it i like, like how he's reaching for that Man. no you don't think he's gonna quite get it but he gets it you wow. know I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of being gill in a deep purple they don't sound anything alike but those guys are not afraid to take chances with their with their voices. Yeah. Heaven Can Wait, I would probably agree with James that was on here. It's definitely repetitive, but I still like the song anyway. Um, you know, I lyrically, it's all right. I thought it was based on the uh, Warren Beatty movie, but I doubt <laughs> it. Was, you know, uh, I hope not anyway. It's not. Uh, Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner, which is based on a I don't remember if it was, it was a film, a British film about a long distance runner. Um, one of the many mo songs based on a film. Unlike Quest for Fire, this actually is actually good. It's a really good song. Well-written and it shows the beginning or they always had it that their prog rock influences that they've always talked about. And this song definitely displays that. Stranger on a Strange Land is a great song. Deja Vu, to me, that's the, um, the filler track. It's not terrible. It's better than filler, actually. Uh, but compared to everything else on this album, you feel I like guess you've been here before? <laughs> yes. Do you feel like you've been here before? Oh, absolutely. Haven't you? And like I did in the episode of Screenings from the Grave when we discussed this, I am not acknowledging such a stupid statement from Wayne. <laughs> I did it like six times on that episode. Yeah, I was I ready to, to kill you. you. <laughs> and Alexander the Great, I think, is a better epic than... Um, uh, the, the I, one I still like Rhyme of the Ancient Matter, but this I one do is, too. But that one bordered on pretentiousness. This one does not, you no, know. It's shorter, it's only eight minutes. So. Yeah, it's well, it's not just, yeah, they don't have, thank God, a spoken word part hey, in it. That, that song was long enough for Nico to take a dive in a pool during right. the middle break. So it's a wow. fact. Yeah. They were playing at an arena one time, and right behind the drum set was a pool. And Nico's like, oh, I'm gonna go swim in this pool right now. And then, like, right as the baseline was about to break, they're like, Nico, Nico, you're back on in one minute. Oh, crikey. And he goes, runs back, and Australian. he's like, Poor Blimey. He's Australian. I was like, Crikey's an Australian thing, whatever. But anyway, so then he gets back. Bloody to hell would have been better. Fine. Bloody hell. And he, so then he runs back to his drum set, and he doesn't have his boots on. So he's playing, and his foot sliding off the bass drum pedal. <laughs> Well, yeah. He's driven wet from the pool. This house is ready. Get me a bloody towel. And he had to play barefoot with the towel. Hey, man. Mikey, give me a towel. <laughs> Crikey. 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 Uh. 
Overall, be, uh, strong album know. in my opinion. Yes. Lou! Definitely. Oh. Uh, let's just read some comments here. Murphy oh, saw cool. Priest with Ripper. It was killer. And Murphy says uh, one of his favorites too, I guess is the Iron Maiden album, All Killer No Filler, as his favorite main song, Loneliness of the Long Distance Run. Yes, that is an awesome song. I wish they'd kind of bring that out again. Maybe they will one day. Anyway. They did bring it out with them when the somewhere uh, somewhere on tour yeah. first started, but it wasn't going over well, or it, it they weren't performing it as well as they would have liked to. So I think they, they dropped it in place of um, Wrathchild, I think, or something like that. They, they, you know, it seems to be the go-to track every time they drop a song off a tour. I don't know. Well, my God, no, the- they brought back Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. That's what they did. Oh. Oh, yeah. Interesting. The only two songs from this album that made it never performed on tour were Deja Vu and uh, Alexander the Great. So they never and every performed. time they, they never and every performed. time they go to Greece. Yeah. What's that? They never performed Alexander the Great? Live? Never. Oh, that's- every time they go to Greece, the Greek fans think they're going to play it. And they're like, you know, they start singing at them. Alexander the Great. <laughs> And Bruce always has to say, no, not this tour, maybe the next one. <laughs> but what I love about this album, it combines two of my favorite things. Iron Maiden and science fiction. Mm. You can't get a better Blade, Running, Blade Runner sounding album than this. Mm. And the fact that Doctor Who's TARDIS is on the back cover of this album, it makes me, it just brings joy to me. But um yeah, 1986. I remember my brothers got each their own cassette copy. We'll listen to the album so much, but how he didn't wear the tape out, I have no idea. Um, first album since Number of the Beast that doesn't have one songwriting credit from Bruce Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't think about that. Was there a reason for that? Yeah, because apparently by the time the World Slavery Tour ended, he was so fried that he needed to take a break and he was actually hoping to go more towards like a prog direction. Well, like, okay. you know, even like acoustic, he was writing acoustic and, songs, eh? and Steve Harris was like, no. <laughs> so in actuality, like this is the, you know, first album since um, number where the credits solely belong to Steve Harris, Dave Murray and Adrian Smith. But damn, does Adrian Smith shine? on this yeah. record yeah my god you know yeah and uh it's funny because like well i'll go through the tracks one by one first so caught somewhere mm-hmm. in time killer opener wish they would still play it but haven't played it since the somewhere in time tour so you know doubt they would ever revisit it but um definitely one of my favorite made in opening tracks wasted years i like the song but i'm burnt on it mm-hmm. like it's not a song that i would put on a playlist but when I saw Maiden perform it live, I was jovial about it. Um, Adrian Smith has a side project with Richie Kotzen of the Winery Dogs, where they actually perform Wasted Years live. Oh, wow. And and the way they perform it, it, they actually, they're detuned to half step. So instead of playing the song in E standard, they're playing it in E flat standard. And uh, Adrian sings it. Oh, I was gonna ask it. It's not Richie constant sings it on live. It's no, Richie. but but Richie's singing the high parts. So he's singing Bruce's part in the chorus. And oh, Adrian okay. is singing in his register. And I, I tell you, it's one of the best versions I've ever heard uh 
performed the voice of years by any band. So, you know, I definitely recommend people to check it out. There's videos of it all over YouTube. Um, in fact, when they played in London, uh, Nico joined them on drums. So it sounded pretty cool. And Richie's wife plays bass for them. Um, sea of Madness, love this song. Um, I think it's criminally underrated. But you guys are talking about the pitchiness of Bruce's voice. Like, what did you mean by that exactly? And maybe I'm not hearing it. I don't think it's pitchy. That was Wayne. I think yeah, it's not that it's pitchy. It um, it it works. It, fl- it works with the song. The guitars are like uh maybe a step higher, and Bruce is like off key a little bit. But it 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 works with the key. Like they're two different keys, but they they work well together. Uh, I mean, I, like- I could. I can see I like what you mean it. by he dips, but he dips in it a little bit. It's not in a bad way. I like it. I'm oh. just saying James would would instantly be like, you know, he's off pitch and I can't stand it. I, I like he the fact that he seems to be stretching his yeah. voice higher register than he usually does. Maybe I'm hearing it wrong, you know, especially during the chorus. Again, I don't think he sounds anything like Ian Gillen, don't get me wrong, but I like the fact like young Ian Gillen would sometimes go for something that you don't think you'd be able to do. Same thing with Bruce Dickinson. You know, I, I just think he uses voice very differently on this album. Yeah. And I think he has done sense. And Sea of Madness is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, you know, and and Heaven Can Wait, too. Wayne mentioned how, you know, he's singing very quickly. You know, that, that's also a little different, too. Uh, Heaven Can Wait is another song where I'm glad I got to see them perform it at least once. But uh, they haven't touched that song in... Dear Lord, I want to say, I don't even think they performed it on the Made in England tour of 2012. I think the last time they made it played it was a, uh, you know, somewhere back in time tour. It's possible. Um, wow, whoever talked about lightning striking twice, I mean, they definitely struck twice. That, that tour just like, not that they were on the brink of extinction, but they, that tour made them bigger than they ever were. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, but I love the song Heaven Can Wait. And even though I love COVID and Cambria, I still attest to the fact that they completely stole the chanting part of Heaven Can Wait for their song in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. If you listen to the outro of that song, you know, they do the whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. I'm like, wait a minute. They ripped them off, made it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm about to do a comparison like on, on TikTok. Those yeah, to get a... If you steal, it's still from the best. Anyway, go ahead. There you go. Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Great song. I I I love the entire song, but I have to say my favorite part of the song are the guitar parts when they're harmonizing, like right at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it just something about that. It's, I, the guitars on this album so, sound so different compared to Past Maiden. I mean, they're they're produced, but I don't want to say they're overproduced. They're definitely not raw, but I don't, it, there's just something about them that just makes them. I don't know. I hear it and it's like it just resonates mm-hmm. with me as a guitar player. Like like that's a a sound I wish I could get. You know, like I love it. Okay, now unpopular opinion. Stranger in a Strange Land is my least favorite song on the album. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I could do without it, but I'm it's I'm I I I you like it. You wouldn't skip it if you're listening to the album. Some days I will, some days I won't. <laughs> 
uh, Deja Vu is my favorite song on the record. Um, well, you've been here before, huh? Wayne, I'm going to come over there. <laughs> <laughs> Behave yourself. Right. Um, you know, probably, I'm not saying it's the greatest contribution Dave Murray ever made, songwriting-wise to Maiden, but it's definitely my favorite. So, you know, um, and the fact that it's, different than most maiden songs because it's not in e it's mm. not in a and it's not in d it's in c sharp mm. they finally use a different tuning than what they're used to or maybe than what steve harris is used to but don't tell him i said that um and of course alexander the great my patrida like my people yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason why you like it hey it's a killer song no, and honestly i would love to see them perform it live mm. so all in all, Somewhere in Time is my second favorite Iron Maiden record ever, right after Killers. Wow, this is you guys feel one of the strongest. I agree with you, but I was surprised that you guys like it as much as you did. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, no. Curious to hear what Greg and James' opinion would have been on it. Greg loves the album actually because we discussed this on a previous ep- last year one of, one of our episodes last year of Screams from the Grave. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I remember getting, or when I was in school, what grade was I? Maybe fourth grade or something like that. I had a friend, and I guess his brother listened to metal, and he, you know, brought the cassette over the house one day, and uh, that's how I got into it. Actually, because I, I would, I, I didn't have the cassette. I just took his cassette and I made a copy of it, and then right. I drew, I drew the artwork. Because remember, like back in the day, you would just draw like the artwork for the albums and stuff. So mm-hmm. I would kind of draw Eddie yeah. and all that stuff. I wish I still had it. This is one of the coolest looking Eddies ever. It is. Oh, I mean, yeah. Is the coolest yeah, one, definitely. Yeah. They had an action figure of that, Eddie, like one of the yeah. big ones. I mm-hmm. wish I bought it at the time. Actually, I'm glad I didn't because I probably wouldn't have it now, but yeah, still. Eddie uh, Decker. <laughs> yeah. I I love, I, I really love the album. Um, what's it hold up to with fans' viewpoint besides us and Greg? You know? it's, it's funny because when we did that Screams from the Grave show, one of the yeah. guys that was on the show with us, he did not like the album at all. He hates it. What but, did he say about it? Uh, John Costigan of Circle of Hands, right? Yes, yes. Hey, John, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Uh, Wayne, you could tell him. I said, go watch the episode. I don't remember. No, for fuck's oh, I, I remember. <laughs> no, then you so, do it. I don't re- think I so, remember. So, so John is relatively older than us. Uh, he's older than you, yeah, Manny. He's way older than you, man. Oh, and he's still alive? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Well, he's Canadian, so that I think oh, it's, they, I, yeah, they I think it's the maple syrup. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne. <laughs> they live. <alone. laughs> so maple syrup is the secret to long life. I wrote that. That down. is right. That is right. All that yeah. sugar does you good. Uh, Fuck yeah. Anyway, so he he said that when when he right right around the time that this came out, he, he was getting more into thrash metal so to him maiden even six years into the recording career were becoming passe and uh he was looking for something heavier faster and more raw so what came out in 86 that shook up the heavy metal landscape master of puppets rain and blood peace cells you take your pick so you know that that's how he felt about it and and listen his opinion's valid we're not knocking it no no I, it is valid i'm, I'm just uh, he's not the only person i've heard that from not about the cell in particular but you know 
oh, I was getting tired of Judas Priest, our maiden name it, you know, whoever, Ozzy Osbourne, whatever, you know, because it, it wasn't matching the, I was looking for something heavier. I don't know why I forgot what he said, because as soon as he said he didn't like it, I tuned him out. That's what happens. That's but you, you know the whatever. you know the funny thing is when, when I love a band, I attach myself to them. Like I make sure I listen to whatever it is they put out. Well, you know, like even, we all three of us do. I mean, look yeah, at right. his my collection. Too, yeah. yeah. I mean, like to this day, I still listen to every new priest or maiden album that come out. Um, I listen to every animals as leaders album that comes out or after the burial. Um yeah, but know. we're unusual fans in that. What I mean by that is um, if you and I went to say go see Iron Maiden and they played nothing but deep cuts, the three of us would be thrilled and everyone around us would be bitching, you know. This is this is true. Yeah. I saw them when they played the uh, what the hell's that name of that album? Um the one with the skull uh, the tank on the, the matter of life and death. Yes, yeah, I saw that and everybody was just standing there. The whole you were time. at that tour, the Nassau yeah. Coliseum. Yeah. Oh, that would have uh, been. Was I? I it was Nassau. It was Nassau. Was it Nassau? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that one. It was cool. I, I liked it because I liked the new albums. But uh, so, well, I did. I would have loved it. I didn't see that, but I would have loved it. You know, yeah. but it was. Like it was there. different. Yeah, but and people exploded you... once they wanted to play the older stuff. People were going nuts. So, oh my god. Okay, Wayne. This is how I know we're at the same concert. Did somebody have a play classic sign that Bruce ripped up? Oh, I don't remember. Okay, because I remember that. I actually have a bootleg of that concert, and somebody did that. Um, I remember going out for a smoke break at that concert, and some guy was like, I don't get it, man. I paid to see Iron Maiden. I don't want to hear the new album. I want to hear Run to the Hills. I want to hear <laughs> well, the they, Trooper. They told I'm like, you what the tour was. I'm like, dude, they kind of warned us what the tour was going to be, and if you wanted to hear those songs, you should have been to their previous tours. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And he walked away. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, it, it's not, I mean, I, well, we're using Iron Main, but I've heard people like Elton John or Paul McCartney, and we're not even talking about the same genre of music that, you know, they play a new song and, you know, the audience makes a beeline to the bathroom or get mm-hmm. beer. Mm-hmm. I think that sucks because I, I like my artists. As a matter of fact, I don't like, that bands don't record new music. I wish when the police toured, they had made a new album behind it, but that's me, you know, right. or, or anybody, you know, anybody, you know. See, that's but. interesting you make that point because I'm glad I got to see the police play their old stuff because I had never seen them. However, were you at that show too at the uh, Giant Stadium? No, I was at the Garden. Oh, the Giants. Um, but knowing now what I didn't know then. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the album cuts that much more because I know they won't play them. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's, I was just using them for an example. Don't get me wrong. If I had an opportunity to go, I would have been there in a heartbeat. I just didn't get a, get a chance to go, but mm-hmm. I, I just think it's interesting. I, I think we're unusual fans. I mean, obviously there's a pocket of us that buy new albums from new artists, but um I think we're unusual in that aspect. But again, I've said a million times, I don't think we're just metal fans or music fans that have. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, and um, I, I, hey, Wayne, totally off topic, but my eye keeps wandering to that head behind you. And on my little phone screen, it looks like King Diamond. Is it King? Just wondering. Uh, yes, it is King Diamond. I made him. You made the King Diamond. Made well, he was going to be a uh, Halloween decoration. 
Oh, okay. Outside, and uh, I never really got around to finishing it, so I just left them down here. By the way, did you see King Diamond's new look? Yeah, I like it. I think it's yeah, cool. I dig it too. I like it too. And uh, Murphy says, uh, love it. Second fave, just under Power Slave. And he also says he bought somewhere in time the day it came out. And he also said uh, he stuck down in the front row uh, of the stage and almost got crushed. Ingve opened up. Yeah, that was the same tour that uh, Vinnie Vincent actually opened up a couple of dates and then uh, he had to cancel his performance one night because his uh, instruments got confiscated by a really? previous bandmate who said they, he stole them from my uh, my warehouse. <laughs> I saw Vinnie Vincent opening for Alice Cooper. I'm sorry. Cooper. I was 86. I was excited because Alice came back is wearing uh, makeup and, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. And Vinnie Vincent. And I got to the front because I love Alice and like, I was so pissed that it was Vinnie Vincent. I took off my shoe and threw it. <laughs> That's something him. an old man would do. <laughs> I was 16. I was pissed. I'm like, get you know, I just wanted to see Alice. I've been waiting my whole life. Who is this guy? You know, I mean, I knew who Vinnie Vincent was, but I was pissed. Yeah. I couldn't believe I, I got so mad at an opening act just because I wanted to see the headliner. You know, looking back. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I feel bad that you had to sit through those piercing, annoying, shrieking, long-winded guitar solos. I oh, mean, Mark's, say what you will about Ingve, I can listen to Ingve. I Yngwie can't listen to interesting Vinny. to listen to. Vinny's talented, but yeah, everything was like what I, what I remember. And I actually bought his solo albums. Were they Vinny Vincent Invasion and All Systems mm-hmm. Go? Yeah. All systems go is terrible. Vinnie Vincent invasion is just, it's just fun to listen to because it's so ridiculous. You know, um, I didn't realize because when I saw the concert, I didn't own the album at the time. We're off topic, but the guy singing on is a guy named Robert Fleshman. I didn't know that. But when I, journey. Saw, when I saw him live, it was Mark Slaughter. I didn't know the guy's name. I didn't, I didn't know Mark Slaughter from, you know, anybody but that the vocals is what i remember it was so piercing you know it was horrible anyway i like mark slaughter i like slaughter he's a very nice did guy you see him live wayne have you seen slaughter? i heard they're very bad live yeah. yeah even if they're it's it's the vocals dude it's it's you know now but his that, voice is shot but he, he does um uh, uh, like um voice acting well, it sounded like a cat's nuts were being stepped on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! um, <laughs> anyway, to, to answer your question, though, most most guys that I grew up with who are my age refer to somewhere in time at the time when I asked them, they said it was their favorite Maiden album. So, yeah, I think that's a it's it's I mean, I think it, I think it rightfully belonged on Screams from the Grave. Because with the exception of one song, Maiden never performs anything from this. Mm. And which is a shame because it's it's such a great album. Definitely is. Yeah, it is that is a shame. I um I need to grab a bootleg from that tour or something. Um anyway, love the album. Uh, Wayne? Devil Doza says Vinny Vincent looks like a chick these days. What the fuck? He looks like Janet from the Three's Company. More like Janet's <laughs> grandmother, not Janet. Yeah, Janet's grandmother, yes. Yeah. Um, all right, we're ranking these albums. What are we ranking? Turbo, uh, uh Manny, 
seven. Seven. Seven for me as well. Now we need seven. And Iron Maiden, Manny. I'll give it a nine. Blue. Ten. I'm giving it a ten as well. So Maiden wins this one. Like Maiden won again. Yeah, but this was almost no contest. Th- this was like uh, Jerry Cooney Jr. going against Mike Tyson. One hit out. <laughs> now, if we would have did the uh, ram it down <laughs> and turbo, oh, and, oh, and yes. neither oh, one yes. of those still could yes. not have beaten this album. <laughs> I'm saying wait one episode until we get to uh, a, the possibility of a priest album winning. I don't think it's happening. <laughs> I, I have actually, this is I think I've voted for a Judas Priest album every time, except the first time, I think. Yeah, but they haven't won. And I don't have James here, so it'd be me and James. Actually, and this one, no. Priest won Stained Class so far, yes. right? Uh, no, they won Stained Class and they won last week. I think they won Screaming, didn't they? Or no? Yeah, it was last week. Um, no, I think, what? Where's my note? Oh, they did? That's right. Okay, so Priest got two, Maiden got four. And I think defenders would have won i think if it didn't have those last two songs on. so iron yeah. maiden iron maiden uh, same title one iron maiden killers one uh judas priest in class one iron maiden uh, peace of mind one and judas priest screaming for vengeance and now this week is iron maiden somewhere in time by the way eric adams wants me to tell everyone on the show especially greg that we're all miserable bastards <laughs> why is he saying that because he because says you can't, you can't do two albums of Judas Priest versus one album of Iron Maiden. Why? It's fair. Because Iron Maiden's better. Uh, no, Judas No, Priest. it's not a matter of that. It's, no, it's not a matter of that. <laughs> yeah, you know who's better than both of them? Motorhead. No, just kidding. I do I love, love Motorhead, but... I love Motorhead. All right, All right so what's next week's show? Uh, Ram it down versus Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. I wonder what's going to win that one. Would, should we even bother <laughs> doing that one? <laughs> All right, what do you give Ram it down, Manny? Uh, two, <laughs> oh, one for a uh, blood red skies. Oh, yeah, it is a good song. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll wait till next week. We'll but, till... Uh, actually, we, Lou, we just spoiled it, Lou. You or maybe you or Wayne. You guys said this is supposed to be a double album. I kind of remember that. I, I remember so that. too. I'm glad but you brought that up. Ram it down. Part of that, or was yes. it songs? Or so I actually have it on a playlist here. This, these are the songs that were supposed to combine uh, Twin Turbos. So you have Side 1, which is all nine tracks from Turbo. All right. Side 2 was supposed to have been All Fired Up, which was a bonus track released on the 2011 remaster of Turbo. I don't remember that song. Red, White, and Blue, which is on the um, uh, re-release of, the, of uh, British Steel. Prisoner of Your Eyes, which is on the re-release of Screaming for Vengeance. Oh, Christ. Turn on Your Light, which is on the re-release of Defenders of the Faith. Um, and off the album, Ram It Down, Ram It Down, Heart is Iron, Love You to Death, and Monsters of Rock. Heart of a Lion, which was never released by Priest until it appeared in demo format on Metology. However, they gave the song to Racer X, and it appeared on their second Heat album. And Halford actually did a version of that song on Live Insurrection, which was his first live solo album with his band Halford. There are two other songs that were never released. 
And those songs are called um, Under the Gun and Fighting for Your Love. So even with Twin Turbos, I still say Somewhere in Time would have won. <laughs> Definitely, but Twin Turbos actually would have brought the album down, in my opinion, because a lot of those songs, Red, White, and Blue or whatever, they can stick that song up their ass. What was the other one? Uh, uh, Prisoner of Your Eyes. Yeah, they can stick that one up their ass, too. Um, How, however, let me say that I think Heart of a Lion is probably the greatest song Priest ever wrote that they never released uh, officially, like a like a studio version. Um, I love the Racer X version of it. I love the Halford version of it. And to me, the demo, I'm just like, oh, I would have loved to have heard Priest do it. It sounds incomplete. It sounds like what it is. It's a demo. It sounds like a working demo. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really sound that different than Racer X's version. And Racer X's version was complete. Yeah, but Racer X probably had a budget of like $200 to record that album because they were on Shrapnel Records that, you know. This is true. I think that if Shrapnel had Roadrunner's budget, they would have been a bigger label. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Did you ever hear that Steeler album with Ron Kill and Ingbe? I did. Yeah, so I don't know if Ingbe's telling the truth or not, but basically he said he just pressed their demos and threw it out there. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, Ingbe also kind of poo-poo stuff that wasn't 100% his involvement. And Steeler really wasn't his band. It was a band that he joined. Yeah, I think he wrote one piece of music on there. Yeah, there was something to do with visa issues where he really wasn't allowed to play rhythm on it. So he was kind of ghost credited as a soloist. So that's not him doing the the rhythm guitars. He's only doing the leads. Well, that makes sense because there's a lot of songs like, wow, I've never heard him play like that. And it turns out I haven't. Anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, mega69.com tired of being alone we'll help you yay well <laughs> <laughs> tired of being alone you'll help me be alone okay thanks go away <laughs> yeah unbelievable it just never stops uh but yeah i mean i do love heart of a line and there's one other thing that i forgot to mention yeah um the b-sides that made and released during somewhere in time Word. i definitely bring this album up a notch what were the B-sides? I don't even know. There was a song called Reach Out that um, when Adrian Smith and Nico were on break from Maiden, they did a band called The Entire Population of Hackney, which basically <laughs> consists of old members of uh, Adrian's old, uh, former band Urchin with uh, Andy Barnett of the band uh, FM. Oh, and yeah. that was a song that they did. And Maiden covered it. It was one of the two b-sides on the wasted years single the other song they did was called the sheriff of huddersfield which is sort of a knock on their manager rod smallwood and again adrian wrote the music for this because it used to be a, a nurturing song called life in the city so they made it all about rod smallwood and it was making fun of him and you hear bruce doing the yorkshire accent it's pretty funny um on uh the stranger in a strange land uh single the b-sides were juanita which was a cover it's funny song about a dirty girl <laughs> yeah well, and uh, and uh there was also a song called that girl which andy barnett wrote uh for the band fm so you have two versions of one song one's like a pop rock version right that fm did and iron maiden's version 
Iron Man's version is just like, wow, if this is Maiden writing a pop song, it would have hit number one. It was that good. Like that, that, that's how highly I think of it. So, you know, again, the quality of production, the quality of songs, you know, the musicianship, it was, it was there. I it definitely peaked here, in my opinion, for Maiden. Wow. Well, um, FM is like really respected with their ARO sound overseas. Over here, nobody cares about them. Anyway, Wayne. I think it's that's a it. shame. It is a shame. But you know what's not a shame? What's that? We'll be back next week. Let's ram it down. Let's ram it down. And that's the shame. That, that is the shame. And yeah. uh and uh seventh son of the seventh son. Uh what's going on with you, Lou? Any shows coming up? Um, well, I uh just actually did an interview Monday with a company called Moneybag Sodas. Okay. You want to take an idea who's the uh brand ambassador for this? Somebody that we would know. Somebody from a band that we love, respect, and cover two of their songs. Mr. Gene Simmons of Kiss. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I had to thank Michael Brandbold of that. And Michael, I'm sorry. Normally, it doesn't take me two months to edit one episode. But, you know, it's been a very trying two months. Uh, other than that, I'm going on vacation tomorrow with the family. So looking forward to... Uh, Going to Dutch Wonderland, hopefully running into our bass player George. So, oh, yeah, Sophia, what's that? Where are you staying? I'm not telling you. What room number? <laughs> <laughs> room two thirteen with my bunk mate Jeffrey Dahmer. Anyways, oh, very cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, other than that, you know, just I have no life. This yeah. this, this this has become my playground right here. That is These three playground. things right here. And uh, I don't have any. Actually, no. I have uh, uh, Mike from uh, Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast, and uh, what's the name of his band? Infernal something. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot. Infernal Tyrant. It's Sounds not Tungsten, right. is it? No, it's not Tungsten. <laughs> Infernal Tyrant. Uh, yeah, his episode will be on Friday, and we had a lot of fun. We talked about some wrestling and uh, his new uh, album that he has out in his podcast and stuff like that. So, it'll be a lot of fun. That should be on Friday. And uh, Manny, you got a new podcast or anything coming on? No, not yet. No, but I have a friend. uh, It's from a female perspective, and she's got a podcast called Chin Up Tits Out. Um, It's pretty funny. I like it already. uh, Yeah, she actually, it's pretty funny. And the it's three ladies, and they have a good rapport. And uh, it's definitely not metal centric or even music centric. But if you want something different from a women's point of view, check it out. Go check that out. Please Spotify and tell them that we sent you. There is uh, one podcast there I want to give a shout out to. So uh, a couple of years ago when I was uh, driving Uber uh, and, uh, you know, making good extra coin from it, you know, as I was preparing ideas for my own podcast, there was a bunch of them that I discovered that I really loved. One of them was one called Talking Maiden that um, involved two chaps from Newfoundland, Canada, and they really went into great detail on talking about the Maiden albums. You know, they did interviews with um, Blaze Bailey. Great, great, great podcasts. And I think their last episode was about Senjutsu. So, you know, it was really, you know, nothing to talk about from the time they recorded their last episode up until now. But their episodes are still up. So I suggest if you want to, you know, 
listen to a good Iron Maiden centric podcast, listen to Talking Maiden. Well, damn, we sent you. All right, I guess that's it for tonight. Maiden wins. Will Maiden win next week? Yes. Find out tomorrow. Find out next week. <laughs> find out tomorrow. Find out <laughs> find now. The answer is yes. Find, find out <laughs> a few seconds ago. <laughs> All right, care. everybody. See ya. All right. And remember, don't waste your time always searching for those wasted demonies. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. We just got to stand here and make it look like it's the end of the show. Okay, I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I felt like that was one of the shortest episodes we did. Where's James? It was an hour, yeah. So, well, it's because we're pretty concise, but I do miss having James and Greg here. Uh, I yeah. love James's contrarian point of view. Oh, he, he, him, and uh, why is he even doing it? I'm like, at first, I like, go, oh, he's gonna really love Judas Priest. As we've gone along, nobody does like any of them. Like anything. <laughs> He's like, it's too 80s for me. I'm like, it was recorded in the 80s. He's like, that's yeah. why I don't like it. I'm like. ACDC, Alice Cooper, he does fine. Modern metal, he's good. You know, 80s, he's done. He's, he's just not, you know. Right. It's funny because he's like the exact opposite of Greg. Greg champions 70, 60s, 70s, 80s. Anything after that to him is irrelevant. <laughs> I am. I'm probably more on Greg's side, but I definitely like modern stuff too you know yeah uh, yeah but i can't just listen to it i just don't get these guys like what you were talking about your friend there that did um you know he was looking for something heavier i get that but i don't sell a band down the river either i'm like you know i can have two different food groups i can have sex in more than one position so i can listen to different types of music so There's i don't in one I can't have it more than one position. <laughs> There's at least two, man. I don't have that. Dex- I don't have that dexterity or reach. It's just not that good. Yeah, I get cramps. Prince, you know, <laughs> twenty-two positions in a one-night stand, or whatever the hell it was said. You know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I just never got that attitude. But I, I've heard that attitude my most of my life. The guys I work with too are the same way. They don't. Everything I put on like that's new. They don't want to hear it unless it's a band that they know already. But if they hear like a new band they'd never heard of, it's no good, no matter what it is. Yeah. it. I can't stand that. I don't either. And I wonder if it's just people our age, well, my age, because I'm older than you guys, but I don't feel I'm that way, you know? I don't either. But, I don't you know, get it. We listen to music, so, and, and those people, they kind of just stop listening around like 97, 98-ish, so... Well, they say that our musical tastes are formed by the age of 15. I think that's a bunch of bullshit, personally. But oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think, hey. yeah, go ahead, Lou. I'll say if that's the case, I wouldn't have discovered uh, a love for Alan Holdsworth that I have now. Like, well, he's he's someone I listen to religiously now, and there's nothing about him that's commercially plausible. I mean, well, yeah, it's your, jazz. Your, your experience, Jimmy Buffett. Did you think in a million years you'd be, I'm not a fan, but did you think in a million years you'd be a fan? I mean, that's just an example of, you know, something right there. I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. And I think the people that I was with made it worthwhile. Yeah. You know, so. It's about the company too, but yeah. anyway, you got to get off here and go get packing. You got a family to take traveling. Yeah. Stuff to take care. So, yeah, so yeah. Get out of here next week. Be prepared.
Hi, Captain. <laughs> All right, have Wayne, fun. Uh, safe. You got to listen to those albums again, man. Which albums? Turbo and Ram It Down again? Fuck yeah. You got to listen to Ram It Down. <laughs> I'm not listening to that again. No, you got to listen the, the, to it three or four times. Tr- truthfully, I actually like Ram It Down a little bit better than Turbo. All right. Good night. Uh, All right. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you. Bye. All right. Goodbye. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show, Ratsaw Review, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spin-offs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast with Metal Thrashing Mike, the Timo Toki Podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki, the BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam, and the Music is Live Podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're We're taking over. over.